Going to actually enjoy the next hour, I must admit. Coming up on your program in the next hour, our masterclass. Now, talking about coins with the Reserve Bank, looking at the history of coins in our country and the evolution of the rand, the coin. Maybe you have some South African coins and think they are worth something. Well, do give us a call, 011-8830702. I'd like to chat to you about it. We do have Morgan Pillay, the group executive responsible for the SA Mint and SA Bank. Note Company joining us, and then also Pil Khaledi, uh, Khalehi rather, who is the currency management head at the SARB. Pil, good afternoon. Let's start with you. Welcome to 702. Thank you, Ray. Um, it's Paul, as you have said. Thank you for having us as the Reserve Bank, and we're really looking forward to the discussion on this. Um, exciting topic of coin. Ah, we... Thank you, Paul. Okay, I'll tell you what we're going to do. We, we're battling to hear you a little bit, but let's see how we go with this. Um, let's, let's start with the rand. Take us through the history of the coin that we know as the rand. Now, we know it wasn't always a coin. We know it was a banknote as well. Yeah, thank, thank you so much. It's Logan Palais that's speaking. Uh, it's, it's once again, it's a real pleasure, Ray, uh, giving us the opportunity to share a bit about uh, coin history. I tell you what we're going to do, guys. Rate. Sorry, sorry, Mogam. I, th- I think what we're going to do, and Pearl as well, I think what we're going to do is get you both back onto the telephone. The, the Zoom connection is not working too well. So let's get you back on the telephone and let's sort of uh, make sure that we can hear you quite clearly because we're going to have an hour with you. And within that hour, I just want to make sure that we can ask all the different questions and get all the different answers because this is quite fascinating. This really is fascinating. Uh, I want to know when will we get a 10 rand coin. Now think about it. If you get a 10 rand coin, uh, will you be able to counterfeit it? Is that what uh, is going to be happen, uh, happening? Will we get a digital coin as well? And look at Bitcoin, what's happening. A lot of people, I think it was JP Diamond, he was saying the other day, JP Diamond was basically saying that Bitcoin is not here forever and he's not going to invest in it. Well, to be honest with you, Bitcoin, I think it was yesterday, hit a record high of around $60,000 to a Bitcoin. So that comes comes into things as well and I think we have to be very careful how we invest so talking about coins but most importantly do you think you got one of those coins those coins that are sort of lost and uh, you put them in a drawer somewhere and you think hey maybe this is worth something or maybe the Reserve Bank can help you with this because I think that's the big thing we want to know about that the other thing we want to know about as well is what happens if you get all your coins together, you amass them all, to, uh, all together, and then you want to go off to the bank. Will they actually take them? Is it still legal tender? Well, let's see what happens. Paul, do we still have you with us? Let's start with uh, Paul Khalehi, who is the currency management head at, at the Saab. Paul, maybe I'm not sure if you're better placed to, to answer this, or Morgan Pillay, who is the group executive responsible for the SA Mint and SA Banknote Company. Morgan and Paul, do we have you with us? I can hear you. I hope you can hear me as well. Ah, there we go. Right. Okay, let's go for it. Bogum, let's go through this. I just want to hear from you as well. Uh, when it comes down to the RAND, take us through a brief history. Yeah, thank, thank you, Ray. Uh, so I, I think first coins and currency have been around for a, for, for a long time in the country. In fact, in 
1652, when the Dutch settlers arrived in South Africa, we then introduced coins into the monetary system. Uh, but the turning point for us came actually in 1961, when the Republic of South Africa was established and, and South Africa exited the Commonwealth. And this is where we changed from having pounds, shillings, and pence to the band. And hence, uh, in 1961, coins were issued uh, in uh, a few denominations. We had a half cent coin, we had a one cent coin, uh, we had a two and a half cent coin as well, uh, in addition to a five, ten, and twenty, and fifty cent coin mm. at the time. Mogam, what are we going uh, to do? So, sorry, Mogam, I, I hate to interrupt you there. We're going to take a break. Let's rather get you back on the phone than we can talk clearly about what happened with our rand as it evolved from a banknote to what we have now. It's a smaller rand that we have now. We used to have a bigger rand, you see. But let's rather get you back on a clearer line. 702 Masterclass. Right, talking now in our masterclass about coins and coins in our country. And I think that's the big thing. Over the past, well, whatever, 30, 40, 50 years, we've seen the RAND change. And we sort of went from British currency into our own currency. And this is where we are now. And uh, things have changed quite a bit. But so many questions about this. So joining us is Morgan Pillay, a group executive responsible for the SA Mint and SA Banknote Company. And also Paul Khalehi, who is the currency management head at the Saab. Bogum and Paul, great to have you on the show. Good afternoon and welcome. Thank you, Ray, and thank you for giving us uh, time. Oh, that's great. You see, this is, this, this is a lot better. Mogum, this is a lot, lot, lot better. Right. Great. Now, we were saying, talking about the history of the RAND, take us through its history since its inception. Thank, thank you, Ray. So, as I had mentioned, uh, Currency has been around and, and coins has been around uh, since 1652 when the Dutch settlers arrived in, in South Africa. The most significant, you know, timeline for, uh, that's important to us is, is in 1961 when the Republic of South Africa was established and South Africa exited the Commonwealth at that time. And this is when we changed our currency from pounds and shillings and pence to the rand currency that, that we have now. Uh, and in 1961, when that happened, we issued uh, a few denominations. It was the half-cent coin, a one-cent coin, a two-and-a-half-cent coin, a five, ten, twenty, and fifty-cent coin. Uh, since then, in 1967, we introduced uh, a one-rand coin, and in 1989, we uh, issued a two-rand coin, uh, and uh, lastly, in 1994, we uh, issued the first five rand coin uh, that we see today. Uh, we've also discontinued some coins uh, over that period. Uh, the one and two cent coins were discontinued in 2002. Um, and in uh, 2012, we discontinued the uh, five cent uh, coin. I must say that the current uh, series of coins from a design point of view has been around for at least uh, 13 or 14 years. 
uh, and is due for a refresh. And uh, we can look forward to some new coin designs coming through over the next uh, two years or so. All right. That's interesting. That's very, very, very interesting. Paul, I want to bring you into the conversation now. What is legal tender at the moment? And you, 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 Mogam, you actually spoke about the five cent coin, but what is legal tender? What can you use and what can't you use? Paul, are you with us? Paul Khalehi? Oh, I think we must have lost Paul. I'm not sure where she is. Boga, maybe you can answer that question when it comes to that. What is legal tender at the moment? If you go into a shop, what can you use? So any coin that is issued uh, by the banknote, uh, sorry, by the, by the South African Reserve Bank is uh, legal tender. Uh, it has a face value. Uh, it has a, a, a liability that will be backed by the Saab. And uh, for all intents and purposes, it uh, is uh, fully valid, provided it's a legal coin or a legal note, that is. Uh, and uh, that's what adds to the integrity of, uh, of our currency. Right. So, Morgan, what happens if, uh, say, for instance, our producer, Jonathan Fairburn, he's got a couple of big jars of coins. We're talking about one cent, two cents, things that have been collected over the years. Can he now take them to a bank and say, I'd like some notes for this, or is it just tough luck? Uh, that's a good question, Ray. I, I think so. If he's got coins that, are, that were issued as legal tender, no matter how old it is, uh, those coins are still valid. Uh, so you should be able to walk into any bank or any South African Reserve Bank branch. Uh, they would still count as legal tender, and he would be able to get the face value of those coins. So in other words, if it's uh, the old 10 cent coin that he's had, uh, he would still be able to get 10 cents uh, for those coins. Interesting. I've got an SMS just come through here. It says, can I still use my half-cent coin? Can you cash that one in as well? Yes. Anything that's been issued as legal tender in the past is still valid. There is generally no expiration to, to legal tender. Okay, that's good to know. That's good to know. Now, Mogam, I got a few SMSs also coming through about the value of coins and also, I suppose, notes as well. We can go there because, say, for instance, you've got the old one rand notes where you've got some old coins. Are they worth anything if somebody's been collecting them all this time? Yeah, really, I, I think that's, that's interesting. So I think there, there are three different types of coins uh, that we have uh, at the moment. So, and I think those three categories are really important for the public to understand. We we have what is known as uh, circulation coins, uh, and uh, these are coins. And I'll spend some time just doing a very brief description of it. Right? Mm. The three different categories we have, because it it does go back to lots of the questions that I think that will come through today. Yeah. So we do have circulation coins, and these are coins that are in circulation. Uh, they, what I would refer to as the change in your pocket, uh, you know, the 10, 20, 50 cents, one rand, and the five rand coins. Uh, the value of their coins is basically the face value. So in other words, if it is a five rand coin, it's valued at five rand. Uh, if it's a 10 cent uh, coin, it's valued at, uh, at 10 cents. Uh, and these are legal tender, uh, so as we had discussed earlier. Uh, then we have the second category of coins, which are collectible coins. 
these are usually made out of precious metals. Uh, they would have been manufactured uh, by the South African Reserve Bank. Uh, it does carry legal tender status. Uh, so in other words, if it's a two-rand uh, coin made out of silver, it would still be that, uh, have a, a legal tender value of two-rand. They are generally sell for, these coins generally uh, sell for more than their face value. They are desired by coin collectors in particular. Uh, and due to their theme that they might have or their design or a limited series or a limited edition of coins, um, they would be deemed important and desirable from a collection, collect, collectability right. point of view. Okay. And then the last category is bullion coins. And these are generally Kruger coins. And these coins have a face value that is determined by the price of the precious metal at any point in time. So in other words, you, most people uh, would purchase Kruger coins. The value of the Kruger coin is dependent on the value of the price of gold at a point in time and, of course, the weight of that gold. Do you, uh, Mogam, sorry, just to cut in there, do you have much to do, or does the mint have much to do with the printing or manufacture of Kruger, Kruger rands and stuff like that? Or is it just individual companies who have taken up that mantle? So the Kruger Rand, uh, Ray, was, was established in 1967. It does have a bit of a history to it. Uh, but since 1980, the Saab has been manufacturing Kruger coins uh, through its subsidiary, uh, the SA Mint. Uh, it does have the sole right to manufacture, distribute, and sell uh, Kruger coins. So uh, the, uh, the short answer then is yes it does fall under the ambit and responsibility of the of the sub. Right. Let's take some of your calls now. O double one eight eight three oh seven oh two. Jabalani in Germiston, you've got a question. Hi. Hi, hey. Mm, go for it. I've, I've got a question. In two thousand and eight when the the first line coins, the Mandela coins, they were issued in two thousand and eight, I bought two of them. It's a value of three hundred range. So sort of checking the gentleman Okay, good question, Jabolani. Thanks for that one. Bogum, is that right? Do they keep the same circulation value? Does it go up? How do you quantify this? So, uh, I didn't hear the gentleman in full, but I think he said that he has one of the coins that was issued in 2008 and uh, doesn't keep the same value. Correct. Uh, so if it was a circulation coin that he bought, as I had described it, uh, the value that he would be able to get for it uh, would be exactly the face value that he has. And that's generally the issue with circulation coins. They are generally valued at, at face value. That's interesting. That really is interesting. Because I, th I think as well, sometimes you get these coins that come out round about the time that something big happens. I don't know, Madiba's inauguration or something like that. And people then think that they're worth more than the five rand that they printed on. Morgan, that can become quite a con as well, a bit of a mistake. That's true, uh, Ray. I think many people uh, have over time collected circulation coins. And uh, circulation coins generally have uh, legal tender. Well, they do have legal tender. And they are worth what their face value says. Uh, in fact, in more recent times, in fact, 
around the middle of this year, the Saab turned uh, 100 years in June this year. That's right. Uh, it was established in 1921, and uh, uh, we did have a conversation on your show uh, much earlier in the year, and we celebrated the centenary. And as part of our centenary celebration, we issued a five rand coin. Uh, and a five rand, it was, um, it was a five rand commemorative coin, and uh, it was for circulation purposes, and it is deemed a circulation coin, and it is worth exactly the face value of the coin. It's five rand. Um, some people collect them uh, for various reasons, sentimental reasons, etc. But generally, circulation coins will be worth their, uh, their, their face value, which is, in this case, five rand. Mm. Now, from time to time, uh, coin dealers would prefer certain types of circulation coins. So in other words, you would get a coin dealer that might desire the old one rand coin uh, that was uh, in circulation, you know, the big one rand coin because they would want to make it as part of a set of coins and sell them as a gift set, as an example. Okay. And in that case, a coin dealer might offer you more than one rand for a circulation coin because of its rarity, sure. its desirability, etc. But that, that depends on you know, uh, what the coin dealer wants at that point in time. Yeah. But from a reserve bank point of view, we value it at the face value of that coin. Interesting question here. It says, discussing coins, is it legal to make jewelry out of old coins? In other words, 1969 silver, one rand. When, at what point, Smogum, can you start tampering with coins? Or is it just the property of the Reserve Bank? How does that work? Ray, I know that the, the uh, Reserve Bank is the only authority that can destroy coins. Uh, I think that is part of the, uh, it's in the legislation. Uh, we have the sole right to manufacture, distribute, and destroy coins. So we, uh, we don't believe that anyone has the right to melt down coins and make jewelry out of them or anything of the sort uh, that would be deemed illegal. Right. We chat into Morgan Pillay. He's the group executive responsible for the SA Mint and SA Banknote Company. Morgan, a question to you. A 10 Rand coin, is there one on the cards? Uh, Ray, I don't know if Pearl is on the line. I, I think she's... Uh, she better equipped to this. To right, there we go. Pearl, are you with us at the moment? Yes, I am here. Lovely. Um, am I audible right now? I did hear the question as regarding whether we're going to transition into a 10 rent coin, given that we have a 10 rent banknote. Um, there are a few issues that need to be considered um, before transitioning into a coin, and those include the buying power of the rent, the general trend of inflation of the rent, and most importantly, the public perception around the use of coins and bank notes and the general appetite of the introduction of a new um, coin. Now, recently, the Saab um, commissioned a study, and the results of that study showed that an economic case for introducing a tenant coin in South Africa is big. However... There are concerns around the uptake from the public. And therefore, there is currently no appetite 
for the Reserve Bank to move into that coin. Um, so for right. now, we'll stay with a bank note. Okay, now that's interesting. Pearl, tell us something. I mean, you you are the currency management head at the SA Reserve Bank. When it comes down to coins, is it difficult to stop counterfeits? In other words, somebody could take a press, somebody could make their own one rand coins, or do you not even encounter that? Because, I mean, one rand, what's a, you know, how far will that actually get someone? Um, I think counterfeit is always there. Um, what is important from the South uh, is to ensure that what we put in there, there is confidence in it. We protect that value of currency. So we put features that will deter counterfeit in our, in, in our coins, which is exactly what we have done. The counterfeit for coins is very low in South Africa, and I can say the same for banknotes as well. Okay. Why is that? Is it because you guys have got really good that you built stuff into it, like watermarks and those kind of security features? Is that the reason? Or people just given up? Um, people haven't given up, and they will continuously try to explore it. Um, you touched on the watermark, and that is talking to the banknote. So if you look at the banknote, um, you need to understand the look, the fill and the tilt method that we have and the security features that we have put on the banknote. One, the watermark that you have spoken to, um, the micro littering that is written on the um, denomination, the unique code that comes, which is called the serial number that we have, the race features that we have. Um, if I take you through it, um, if you look at the bottom left and right, mm. um, we have raised lines, which is a feature that helps visually impaired people to identify the denomination. So in terms of the 10 rand, you'll have one. In terms of the 20 rand, you'll have two lines. So those are some of the features that we put to ensure that um, we deter counterfeit. Okay, that's very interesting. Right, talking about coins this afternoon, we've got guests from the SA Reserve Bank. Keep your calls coming. 011-883-070. Masterclass. Right, let's return back to our masterclass now. Talking about coins, and we're talking to uh, Paul Halehi, uh, who is the currency management head at the SA Reserve Bank, and Morgan Palay, the group executive responsible for the SA Mint and SA Banknote Company. Let's take some calls now. Let's go to Peter in Rodekrans. Hi, Peter. Hi, good afternoon, Bruce. Good afternoon, Mr. Pillay and the listeners. Hi, go for it. It's Ray speaking, but go for it. What's your question? Ray, sorry, I just <laughs> Thanks, Ray. Apologize. Mr. Pillay, I, I, I read somewhere that the um, through the rent uh, is, you know, a, a lower um, rating, like 92 point, um, 92% uh, pure, other than like the London Gold Bar, which is 99.5, and the uh, Eastern Gold Bars, which is 99.9% pure. And I heard that it was something to do with, it's made from the slag, from the last purification process. How true is that? Okay, Moga, maybe you can answer that one. How pure is the Kruger Rand? Uh, so, Ray, I can tell you that uh, the Kruger Rands are manufactured by uh, a subsidiary of the Reserve Bank. Uh, they are 
in fact manufactured by uh, a company called Prestige Bullion. The current Kruger N that we have in circulation is, uh, is an 18 carat uh, Kruger N, uh, sorry, a 22 carat uh, Kruger N. It is actually uh, 11 parts of gold and one part of copper, and that's how the coin has, uh, has been designed. Uh, it doesn't necessarily follow, uh, you know, the exact specifications that uh, the caller has highlighted, but that is the composition of, of the coin, and that's very common. I think that mixture of, of gold to copper and gold to any other alloy that is used is to give it its status as an 18-carat uh, gold coin. Why, why the copper? Is it strength and color? What's, why that combination? Uh, it, 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 it is primarily for uh, the color that we would try to get as well as uh, strength. Uh, what uh, we would uh, design a coin uh, with the clear, clear view of whether it can be minted. And, you know, the, the stronger, and the, depending on the composition of the gold, uh, we would add either, you know, uh, some form of alloy to give it uh, to make it, uh, to enable it to be minted uh, under proper conditions with the right level of quality and the aesthetics uh, that we desire uh, on, on the coin itself. Right. Hamid in Houghton. Hi, Hamid. So you've got a question about your 100 Rand note. Yes. Hi, uh, Mr. Pale. How are you? I'm good in yourself. Thank you. Good, good, good. Sorry, I know you're talking of coins. I've got a hundred rand note, which is a misprint. The buffalo is not on; it's just clear white. Is it of any value? That's a very good question. Thank you, Hamid. Okay, it's a a misprint. I mean, do you guys even have misprints, Mogum? Uh, not, not to the extent that uh, the caller is describing. I, we we do cater for very small levels of variation in our printing, uh, but uh, the quality standards are fairly fairly stringent. Uh, I would suggest that the caller may contact with us at the, at the Reserve Bank. It could be a counterfeit note, so we'd need to look at that, but generally we would not expect uh, a misprint uh, uh, to that extent that, that he has described. Yeah. Another interesting question. Now, we always used to have on our notes, and I know we're doing coins, but we've got you here anyway. You always has to have, I've, um, we promise to pay the bearer of 50 Rand notes. We always used to have that sort of slogan. What happened to that slogan? Why did it stop? I'm hoping Paul can answer that question. All right. Uh, well, it's, it's a legal tender. It does, it does refer to legal tender, so... Okay, Pearl, maybe you can help us out there. Remember that I promised to pay the bear, the bearer of this 50 Rand note. And somebody once told me it's because that means if you go to the Reserve Bank and you say, here's 50 bucks and you can give them the gold that goes with that. There's gold, which is like a backup. Is that the case? And what happened to that slogan? Um, thank you. Yes, I am here. Um, as you had said at the beginning where you recall, you said there's a history, so there's somewhere where we started, and that is where we started. Um, and now, because we have moved and transitioned, um, we now have banknotes that are on a piece of substrate that we call cotton, and that will, that is the legal tender that we use for 
um, everyday transactions. So currently, this is what we use. Previously, and that is a long time ago, um, where it was pegged to gold, but now um, we have it with the um, Reserve Bank producing the um, denominations that we had. So the 50 rand, the 100, and the 200 with the lower denominations as well, which is what we use as legal tender. Right, right. Okay, well, that's interesting. So, Pearl, a digital coin. Now, we've got Bitcoin and things like that. What do you think about that? Are you sort of moving towards a digital coin? Are you going that direction? Or are you just thinking, no, we'll keep what we've got? Um, interesting question. Thank you, Ray. Um, the Reserve Bank has been vocal in the past two years. But behind the scenes in the past four to five years, we've been doing a lot of research around what we call CBDC, a central bank digital currency. Um, We are busy now with a feasibility study to see the appropriateness, the desirability of introducing a CBDC, which will be complementary to cash. A decision has not been made as yet from the Reserve Bank side because we're busy with that feasibility study. So we are aware that the world and a lot of central banks are investigating, although at different um, paths, at different phases, of, of, of the central bank digital currency. We're still at a research phase um, of the CBDC. Right, so a lot of people are also going to ask as a follow-up on that when it comes to Bitcoin. At some point, and you are the currency management head at the SARB, Paul, at some point, is the, the, are the likes of Bitcoin and other ones as well, are they going to be regulated? Will you pay tax on them? Are they going to become sort of a, a regulated currency, perhaps even with an exchange rate? Um, Morgan will take that. Okay, Mogam, it's a difficult question, but it is where we, where we are going. We're going from coins into the future. Yeah, thanks, Ray. I, I think maybe just uh, let me highlight firstly what is the difference between a Bitcoin and uh, a central bank-issued digital currency. Uh, I think that would be quite beneficial for users. Mm. Um, so firstly, Bitcoin is, is a privately issued currency or uh, a currency, it, it does not necessarily have legal tender status, and I think uh, Paul earlier on highlighted the importance of, of legal tender. Uh, and also, it hasn't got a stable price. As you know, Bitcoin tends to vary and uh, fluctuate quite substantially. Whereas a CBDC is a uh, digital currency, whether it's a note or a coin, that's actually issued by the central bank itself. Um, and... Uh, they are backed by the central bank and, and generally would be on, on the same par as your existing currency and therefore on a one-to-one basis and therefore uh, stable. So I think, you know, if I had to summarize, that would be the fundamental difference between what a central bank issued digital currency is and versus a Bitcoin. And um, certainly we are currently, as Pearl highlighted, uh, working on a feasibility study. We expect... Uh, to conclude that feasibility study next year. Uh, but we are also not the only central bank that are 
participating or doing feasibility studies. There are quite a few central banks around the world that are are doing this, and we tend to share our experiences uh, with them. The uh, you know the, the issue around uh, paying you know paying tax and all those kind of things I think is something for SARS to comment on, but certainly from a regulatory point of view, the flow of funds in particular, especially if it is offshore funds, will is something that the Reserve Bank is is looking at, and I think that's why we are participating in uh, the in or doing the feasibility study itself because it gives us. Uh, an ability to better understand this new world that, you know, the mm. entire world is shifting into because digital transactions, digital currency, um, the world of digital itself is, is moving at pace. And uh, this allows us uh, an opportunity to do trials and participate and share experiences across the world uh, because uh, the digital world of payments is also... Um, high risk and also fraught with fraud, as most users uh, yeah. would be aware. Uh, so, you know, whilst there are benefits to moving to digital currencies, there are also risks yeah. that we as the Reserve Bank are very cognizant of, and therefore the feasibility study helps to surface some of those risks. Quite right. Quite right. I think our next masterclass is going to be with uh, Edward Kisweta from SARS. Talking about coins this afternoon, I'd like to hear from you. Do you have any questions? 011-883-0702. Masterclass. Our masterclass this afternoon, talking about coins, we're talking to the Reserve Bank, talking about the evolution of coins, where we are going, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. I guess our Morgan Pillay, he's the group executive responsible for the SA Mint and SA Banknote Company. And then Paul Halehi is the currency management head at the Saab. Morgan, I'm going to go start with you as well. A few people are also saying as well, should we not have more coins in circulation or are they totally out? Outdated. Are we just going towards notes now, and that's the end of it? Yeah, it, it's, it's, uh, these, these are studies that we conduct quite frequently and regularly to understand the shift of uh, the denominations between coins and notes. Uh, as you're aware, from time to time, we, we would issue new coins, uh, and from time to time, we, we discontinue coins. Um, but that is dependent on, on a host of factors, which Pearl was, was highlighting earlier on. Um, and for now, we, what we are actually seeing is, and, and from our projections of both coins and notes, so generally cash uh, in the industry, uh, despite what we are seeing on, you know, what we would call electronic payments, so e-wallets and, you know, uh, internet transfers, etc. The demand for cash is uh, is still sustained at the current levels, uh, and in fact, on a ten-year model projection, we we still think, based on what we are seeing coming through from the industry, uh, that cash will remain at, uh, at at its sustained levels. But we also think that you know, uh, smarter and more efficient digital payments will play a role. Uh, going forward, we've seen growth in that over the last, you know, five years, and we think those will continue to grow. But there's always going to be a place for for cash in our economy, especially in the South African economy. We, mm. are, you know, unlike Sweden and 
you know, more developed uh, economies, we have a fairly big informal uh, economy. Right, right. It's still heavily reliant on, on cash. Okay. Teresa in Sandton. Hi, Teresa. Now talking about five cent coins. Go for it. Uh, good afternoon. I would like to know, I've got a, um, a whole lot of five cent coins and I took it to the bank and they didn't want to take it. They said they're no longer taking it and I don't know what to do with them now. Okay, that's interesting. Thank you, Teresa. Bogum, I thought we said earlier, though, that um, all coins were accepted. How does that work? Uh, well, that's correct. All five-cent coins, uh, despite it being discontinued, are still legal tender, and uh, that should still be accepted uh, by, by all of the banks. Uh, I would suggest that um, if Teresa is up here in Johannesburg, uh, you know, we have a, a cash center in Johannesburg. Uh, please feel free to walk in there, and I'm sure that they would be able to exchange that for you. Uh, or alternatively, uh, I, you know, I, I'm happy to share contact details uh, at the end of this call. Right, what we'll do is we'll put Teresa back to our producers and uh, and get you guys together. Cecil in Rudderport. Hi, Cecil. Hi, hi, Lee. Um, I've got two questions. Um, one, um, it's more or less the same as the previous caller. I've got a 100 brain note, um, which is about 70% intact. And I took it to, I think, three different branches and they refused to take it. Uh, my question is, why is it that they are only selected banks that do take damaged notes? And if there are branches, where can someone go? And then the second part is that Back then, when I was still working in retail, there was a person uh, um, who brought a hundred grand note which had two different serial numbers. Upon investigation, we found that it was bank stained on the one side and the other half was bank stained on the other side. Is that regarded as, as legal tender or should, be, should it be thrown away? Okay, great questions. Thank you, Cecil. Welcome. That's, those are actually lovely questions because at what point is a note damaged and that's the end of it? Uh, so, uh, maybe just to respond to your first question, I think the, the 100 rand note that he has, that's, uh, uh, he says it's 70% damage, that should be, you know, still intact in the sense that it can still be verified as legal tender, and we should be able to exchange that note for him. Um, uh, in terms of, you know, actual soilage of notes, you know, uh, it, it, Generally, we find that notes have got uh, a fairly good lifespan. It's made of, out of a cotton substrate, as Paul highlighted earlier. Notes do tend to go through wear and tear, and, and uh, the most extreme wear and tear that we see is when people leave notes in their back pockets and it goes into the washing machine, and mm. uh, it does become soiled. But nonetheless, there are substantial features on the note for us to be able to identify it as still being legal tender, and we would gladly, provided it's not a counterfeit note, uh, we would gladly be able to, to exchange yeah. that for him. And then, of course, you've had your cash and transit robberies, and that die goes off, and then that die gets onto the money. So I suppose if you've got a 100 rand note that's got that, say, red die on, is that now worthless? It, it would still be classified as, as legal tender. It would be ref, referred back to the branch, but we would destroy it uh you know upon receipt of that uh, of that note in, in in the branch but uh the fact that it is die stained there would obviously be a lot of questions as to how that individual 
got in contact with the with the dive day note, given the context, as you mentioned, sure. uh, Ray, around some of the cash in transit highs, etc. Mm. And just a final question for us, suppose well, both of you. Who makes the money? Where do you make your money? In other words, where do you print it? Where do you make it? I would think it's the mints, but do you have special companies involved? How does it work? Uh, Ray, we we manufacture both coins and and bank banknotes under uh, the auspices of the Saab. Uh, Saab is, as I'd mentioned, the only legal entity that can manufacture this. Uh, distribute as well as destroy notes and coins that are in circulation. Uh, we have both manufacturing sites uh, based in Johannesburg. Um, uh, the uh, materials, uh, uh, most of them are, you know, uh, uh, materials that we have been working with companies over the years to develop. Uh, they add a lot to our security features <coughs> of the notes. Uh, and we have set up manufacturing operations uh, to be able to meet the demands of the cash industry uh, on, a, on a fairly sustainable uh, mm. basis. Right, so we can't give away any secrets either. There we go, Morgan. We cannot give away those secrets because <laughs> that's why you are the Reserve Bank and the Mints. Both to, thanks to both of you, Paul Halehi, who's the currency management head at the Saab, and also Morgan Pillay, group executive responsible for the SA Mint and the SA Banknote Company. Thank you so much for coming on to our masterclass this afternoon. Thank you. Thank you for the opportunity. Thank Cheers, bye. Thank you for inviting us, Ray. Absolute pleasure. There you go. So that's what happens with Pearl and Mogum's uh, lives. They basically have taken us through coins. They've taken us through banknotes as well.